Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of introducing you to one of my friends and colleagues within my mastermind at the moment, Andrea Crisp. She is also a coach specializing in women. So we're going to be diving into all of her secret juicy tips for women who are in transition. Andrea's clients affectionately call her their secret weapon because of her unique ability to call out their potential in them. As a mindset and confidence coach, she has worked with women all around the world, helping them harness their confidence, hone their potential, and use their voice in a powerful way. Andrea is the author of the book Designed with Purpose and the host of the podcast called The Courage Cast. Connect with Andrea on Instagram at Andrea Crisp Coach. And for weekly inspiration, affirmations, guided meditations, and more, text the word meditation to 647-424-2429. Thank you, Andrea, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Sandra. It's so good to be here, and I'm really excited to chat with you all about money, honey. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know, and we got warmed up yesterday, so if you do want to check out Andrea's Instagram, we did an Instagram live yesterday, which she's posted to her page, and that was just such a good taster, I think, of what uh, we both do and how we can work together, because I think we've actually got quite differing skill sets when it comes to to coaching, so... One of the first questions that I've actually got for you, because our audience is somewhat new to the concept of coaching, and you've been a coach since 2010, so you've got tons of experience in this space, and I was wondering if you could just touch on a little bit about what coaching is and when somebody would engage a coach to support them in some aspect of their life. Absolutely. You know, it's so interesting that you asked that question because so many people don't know what a coach is. And so when they are looking to develop uh, anything in their lives, personally, professionally, financially, in their health, they're thinking, okay, well, how do I do that other than, you know, go to the gym, hire a trainer and, you know, go to a therapist and get counseling. But there's a whole other type of personal development in coaching that really helps you to discover how you can use your potential. So we all have that potential to grow, to flourish, to thrive. But oftentimes we have these blocks that are keeping us from really being able to move forward, whether that's in our lives personally, relationally, with money, in so, so many ways. And so a coach can help you identify what that block is, reframe that, and you can move forward. So oh my, it's gosh. really a beautiful relationship. Yeah. I feel like I just learned something from that. (laughs) It was, that was such a concise way of describing what we do. And 
one word that really jumped out for me there was discover. And Mm. that is so powerful because I feel like in our education system and how we are raised and, and how society teaches us to advance in our life is the, the age old way of just going to school, getting an education, going into a job, getting a promotion. And unless you're exposed to personal development or personal growth through your employer, it's just not really something that is that common. And absolutely, like being exposed to a coach really is about self-discovery. Absolutely. I I just think that that is such a good word. I'm going to use that in my (laughs) new website copywriting for sure. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when I first got into coaching, I was employed full time. The whole reason why I became a coach was to help develop leaders. And that was why I wanted to get a a certification really was to become a better leader myself. And I had been in a lot of positions in my life where I had been told what to do. And so I would be, okay, now do this, now do this. And it was like more of a mentoring relationship, which is great. But a coaching relationship really helps someone to discover how they can do it. So it's a lot of, you know, powerful questions, being curious about someone and really being able to see how they can move their potential forward. Because at the end of the day, it is on the onus of the client Mm -hmm. or the person, whether you're in corporate or whether you're doing it for personal development or you're doing it for your finances. At the end of the day, the only person moving the needle is you. So it's the coach is going to help you do that, but the person really has to take responsibility. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? I actually heard a really good analogy that's totally in line with that a little while ago that said, the coach is just your GPS, but mm. you're the driver. That's and it, you know, in terms of money, we say money's the vehicle, but you're the driver and the coach is the GPS. And I thought that that was so powerful because it's like, we can give you the roadmap. We can give you the, you know, help you unleash your potential and look inwards and see what you're capable of. But at the end of the day, it's taking action yourself that's going to get you those results in any aspect of your life. So I just want to hone in on um, who you work with, because Mm. I know that you have a very niche market Mm. in what you do. And I would love for you to explain to our audience a little bit about what you do and the kinds of people that you work with. Yeah. Well, it can really be summed up by people who have a message to share. So when you're thinking about people who are in entrepreneurship, they're coaches, they're podcasters, they're writers, authors, speakers, they're artists. Anyone who is wanting to share their gift with the world is someone that I focus on coaching because it's really being able to help them unblock any limitations that they have about sharing their gift, sharing their passion, sharing their story or message, and really getting into, okay, well, how do I step into my power? And how do I do it with confidence and clarity? And especially for women, I mean, this could be a generalization, maybe men would feel the same way too. But uh, especially for women, I hear so often where they feel like they don't have a voice or they stopped using their voice or they don't feel like they're powerful. And so even though they're gifted and they have something to share and they can even make a huge impact, they aren't because they're not willing to put themselves out there. And so that's where the disconnect is. So I'm helping them close the gap. 
So they already know what they want to do. They're already really, really good at it. But let's get the message out there and let's help you to actually, you know, um, accelerate the, the whole process. And that's who I work with. That's so powerful. And I can totally attest to that because especially in male dominated industries like finance, like engineering in, you know, IT or technology, it's very heavily dominated by men. And and as a woman, I've experienced that myself working in three different financial firms that you just feel small sometimes because you feel like there's so much masculine energy in the room that maybe you don't have the confidence to speak up or maybe you're afraid of not being right or not having enough information or something like that. And yet women have so much to offer the workforce and, you know, all aspects of life or life really. So that's, that's really cool that you uh, support women in, in unleashing that potential. And can you tell us a little bit about how you coach women to build their confidence? Because that I think is a big one. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I had a a conversation with just a friend yesterday and we were connecting and we were talking about how she feels that she is not being seen in her workplace right now. And, you know, we, we took a look back. This was just a friendly conversation at some of her childhood and what had happened and where she had started to believe that she couldn't make her own decisions or stand up for herself. And, that is really a lot of what it is. It's like taking a look back and seeing, okay, well, this situation caused me to believe this and I made a whole story around it. And now subconsciously I'm playing it out every single day. And so I go back and help them to discover, well, what actually happened? How can we reframe that? Where, where are you holding that in your body? How can we release that emotion or um, those things that are really keeping you held back and then reconceptualize the whole thought so that it becomes a new story. And then they can reprogram their subconscious to start playing out the new story instead of the old story. So that's how the coaching works. Wow, cool. And that is uh, this, this is so powerful because, uh, you know, I went to a, a personal development conference a little while ago and it was a similar concept where we look at an event that happened, but an event plus a story equals what it means to us, right? Mm-hmm. And for example, we could witness a car accident. We don't want to witness a car accident, but let's say we were to witness a car accident and you know, we make that mean that it was something bigger than what it was, you know, that it was our destiny to witness that. And then all of a sudden we have to go through our whole life feeling this trauma within ourselves about this situation that has happened. And I was reading something recently, like this week about how we actually hold trauma in our subconscious and like in our cells and working to unleash that through either meditation or breath work or all different types of ways can help us release that story and move forward into a totally different light because we've created that story and Mm -hmm. somebody else who was in the same position might have created a totally different story. You know, it's so interesting for people who maybe don't have a lot of, um, they've never been exposed to this kind of thing. I I liken it to a story when I was almost 17 years old, I was 
driving about an hour and a half from home and I was in a major car accident and a truck had turned in front of me and it was not my fault, but every time I came across an intersection like the one I had the accident or a car came from that direction, my body would react and that was my subconscious playing out a trauma. And so I had to learn that it's okay, you know, I can still keep driving. Um, I just look different ways when I'm driving, especially on the highway. I mean, you know, being almost 17 years old and that happening, you know, really can affect your driving if you allow it to. And so that is what is happening or taking place in most of our lives when it comes to, you know, a situation in our family or something that happened at work or a relationship breakup or even um, some sort of trauma, like a, an accident, that we store that in our bodies and that becomes a story we play out and we don't even know we're doing it. So we wonder, why do I feel anxious all the time? Or why am I feeling, you know, sadness or depression or getting a panic attack or any of those different things, a lot of that we can dial back and go, okay, that is from a past trauma, a past situation. We can deal with that and we can release those emotions. Like you said, through breath work, EFT, through so many modalities, there's many, many, many healers out there that help with that kind of thing. And, and then tell a new story and thrive. So it really, really helps, especially if you've never been exposed to this kind of coaching before. People are like, what the heck? What do you mean subconscious? Yeah. And and to be honest, I was one of those people. And it's really funny that we're talking about this because I actually did an interview earlier on in my podcast with a guy named Cam McDougall, who I know very well from university. And he was working in the corporate finance world previously, and he has now gone on a more spiritual coaching path, was living in Bali, and he coaches people on breathwork for trauma release. And I had no idea what this was before mm -hmm. we even did our interview. And we actually did a session together and it was one of the craziest experiences of my life. And I'm one of those people that has never believed in hypnosis, have, has never really been a meditator or a spiritual yeah. anything. You know <laughs> what I mean? I, I go to the gym, I lift weights and I run and I cycle, but that's about it. Right. And, and mm -hmm. I did this breathwork session and it was such an unleashing experience that I had no idea what to expect. So I can vouch for it. For somebody that was a total skeptic, I saw it come through. And for me, my trauma release was a, an accident as well. I crashed a motorcycle and I hold a lot of pain in my right shoulder. I had a big separation in my shoulder. And it's amazing how our body remembers that because like five years after the accident, I went to get on an ATV and my hands started shaking. And I was so petrified of getting on, you know, a motorized vehicle that was not a car that my, mm -hmm. that my body started shaking. I couldn't control it. So I ended up renting a car. This was in Greece. So, I mean, I can totally see how we hang on to that in our oh, subconscious, yeah. whether it's a physical accident, whether it's a relationship or emotional or mental, you know, uh, trauma that we, that we have, it's, it's pretty powerful to be able to understand how that there are options to release it. Mm -hmm. um, and as you said, if you've never been exposed to it, you just wouldn't really know, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, what, and I know this is a specialty of yours, is supporting women in transition and what transition means 
and, and sort of a, a couple of examples of, of how you would coach a woman in transition. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been in many transitions in my own life. I've uh, changed careers twice. I moved countries. I have had lots of things happen that both I wanted to happen and didn't want to happen. So I think that when it comes to transition, it's so important that we can, you know, feel supported in making decisions that really work for us. And so um, I've never been married, so I've not been divorced. I know that many people, you know, going through that, um, you know, feel like it's really, really helpful to, you know, walk through a transition. But some people are going from, you know, uh, being uh, married, no kids, to having children and learning to have a transition that way, or leaving corporate and going into entrepreneurship. And it's really all about helping and supporting someone so that they can make decisions that feel really good for themselves. And, and also to release some of the things that may have been in their past. Um, I know that for me, when I left different careers, I had to kind of bring them to a close and I had to walk them out in a way that felt like, okay, this is now the end and I can release this and I can walk into my new path and my new career. And so it's just really supporting them around that. And I think we, you know, we, we underestimate the value of what it is to be supported in a transition because it can feel very lonely, very isolating. And if you're doing it and no one else is, and you feel like, okay, well, nobody understands me. And so to have a listening ear, to have someone help you in the process, it's like, oh, okay, I'm not the only person who's gone through this. And, you know, I can make decisions. And in fact, some of our life transitions are going to be the most pivotal things for us and actually propel us into that next season of life almost like a catapult. And so we can do it really terribly and think, oh, woe is me. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And, you know, now I'm just going to kind of go into a funk or it's like, no, like look at the opportunity that has been presented to me and how can I make this work for my good? And so it's really, really helping women tap into, well, what does that look like to make that life shift? So. Yeah, lots of transitions. Yeah, I I felt that totally because, you know, I'm at the age now, I'm in my mid-30s, everybody around me is going through major transitions, both male and female. But I think particularly with women, we go through more transitions in our life just by nature of being mothers. And, right. you know, we go typically or, or, or not typically, women will go into university, they'll get their first job, they'll start working in that job and then they might get their first promotion and then they start to really develop their career. And then all of a sudden they take a big career break. And I think that that change in identity is one area that would really benefit from working with a coach, not only changing from full-time employment to full-time mom and not sleeping, not being able to wash your hair and not being able to go to the gym and see your friends. And you're just so tied to this, you know, living, breathing human being that your focus becomes all on that person. But then also after when they transition back into the workforce and feeling maybe like they are behind 
and have mm-hmm. lost out on those years of career advancement and technology advancements and education. What would you say is one of the most common things that come up for women in either one of those two transitions? You know, I think a lot of women are attached to roles. So they think that their identity is attached to I'm, you know, in university or I'm a single woman or I have a partner or I am, you know, an entrepreneur or a mom. And so oftentimes when those roles shift, then there's a loss of identity. And it's hard for women to then go, well, now what's my purpose? Because my purpose was the role. And so really discovering the identity their identity, what their purpose is, and how they can outwork that in every role is so important. Because the thing, the same things that they're gifted at doing um, as a mom is what they're going to, you know, excel at in the workplace. And they're going to excel at if they become an entrepreneur. And so it's really saying, okay, well, it's not just about like, you know, can you be a good mother? It's like, okay, well, what is the gift set that you bring to the table and where can you utilize that in every other area of your life as well? That becomes something that you can identify with and say, yeah, that's me. Like, you know, I'm really kind and compassionate and I hold space for people really well. And you can see that in my motherhood and you can also see that in my corporate job. Yeah. Or it could be like, I am just, you know, super practical and routined and I always have this logical mind and I'm constantly able to see the big picture and that, you know, can go from, you know, being in engineering to becoming a, you know, a coach and seeing how can you work with people and keep them on track and keep them routined and all those different things. So it's, it's not about like, well, I'm this and I'm that. It's like, no, 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 no. Our purpose and our identity can be very, very grounded in who we are, and then it can we can utilize that in every transition, and and then we don't lose our identity every time something shifts. We know exactly who we are, and that's what I see a lot of men and women going through because it's like, well, I was attached to the role, and when the role goes away, especially with the pandemic those people who lost their jobs are like, oh my gosh, like that's why I'd, who I identified as. And now it's like, okay, well actually learn who you are so that you can be that in every circumstance in your life. And so it's really, really important to kind of do that work, that heavy lifting to, to get to the point where you're like, okay, it's not about a role. It's about who I am. Wow. That was such a mic drop moment. I feel like everybody needs to hear that both men and women, because I, I know I've dealt with that myself when I transitioned out of corporate about a year and a half ago into entrepreneurship. It was like, I felt like my identity was attached to being a financial planner. And would mm. people take me seriously if I left a really well-respected role and went into this journey of entrepreneurship with the unknown, you know, and, but at the end of the day, it's about me and who I am and what I bring Absolutely. to the table. And and similarly for other women and men in all different industries, especially when making a career change, an industry change, a family relationship change, things like that. One of the things that you did mention in a, in a call that we had last week was about embodying your new self. Can yeah. you touch on that a little bit and, and what that looks like for women, especially? 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the new iteration. It's like every time an iPhone comes out and it's like, okay, now we've got the 12, then the 13. And it's like the new um, software update. Well, that's really how we are embodying ourselves, our future selves. We're constantly saying, okay, how am I going to embody the future version of myself and make decisions out of that place and become her now so that I can accelerate my progress and I can accelerate who I am instead of making those decisions out of my past version and, you know, the software malfunctioning all the time and it's not always working. It's like, no, when, when the line's clear, and things are really, really clicking along, it's like, no, that is when I'm able to truly embody who I am, my identity, my purpose. Um, I'm able to get clear on my vision. I'm able to really be in alignment with what it is that I truly desire, with my vision, um, with my business, and embodying that so that I can move, keep moving towards the next uh, iteration of who I am. So we're always growing, right? We're always, we're never, you know, I mean, we can be stagnant. Hopefully we don't want to be, but we want to keep that going and growing. So it's, it's all about embodying our future version. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that was one of the things that really stuck out to me when we first connected was this concept of embodying who we are becoming mm-hmm. and being open to taking a look at what that looks like on the inside. Because I think we as humans hold ourselves back from so much potential out of all these fears that we tell ourselves about, I can't do that. I'm not qualified for that. This is, you know, I'm not enough. I don't have the educational background. I don't have the experience. But when we actually look at, okay, well, what do I need to do and who do I need to become in order to do that software update on ourself to take our life to the next level and, and, truly chase something that we're passionate about. I just love that so much. So my next question, when it comes to women who are in transition in or out of a serious relationship, do you have any specific, let's focus on coming out of relationships because I know that divorce is a big thing and that is one loss of identity that a lot of women really struggle with. Do you have any specific tips on how to redefine themselves as a single person, as somebody that is coming out of this relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? There, I have a great resource for anybody who is um, coming out of a relationship, and it's called the book is called Conscious Uncoupling. And it's really being conscious about how you are um, separating from that individual and you are maintaining your own identity. And if you feel like you've lost it in the relationship somewhere along the way, that is when you can have healing because a lot of times it's in those separation moments that we see so much about who we are and that is an opportunity for growth. And it can be painful to lose someone, but it's also an opportunity for us to take a step back and go, okay, well, who am I being in this? You know, where did I contribute to how this ended? Uh, What would I like to do in the future? And how can I, you know, really make a shift in my own life so that I start calling in a partner that I'm aligned with or more aligned with even than the, the partner that you were just with? 
And it's really about doing that inner healing and that inner work. And it's not, it's not easy. Like, I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, it is hard when we break up in any capacity, whether it's a relationship or a marriage, you know, there is that grieving process and we have to grieve the loss of the relationship, but we also have to grieve the loss of who we were in it (laughs) as well. And again, it comes back to that identity, right? So if we're identifying as, oh, I'm someone who is in a relationship or I'm someone who is married and then all of a sudden you're not, it can be a really, really big um, blow to your ego because all of a sudden, you know, you're with all the married couples and married friends and then now you're not and you feel alone and isolated. So if you're identifying as, you know, single or married, then it's like, oh, okay, well, that's where I, who I am, but it's not who you are. It just happens to be what your, your um, relationship status is. It has nothing to do with who you are. So it's really being able to separate that your roles and your relationships do not define you. They're just part of you and they're things that you do and that you're part of, but they are not you. Oh, and that's, totally valid for even being in a relationship as well, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people lose themselves in their relationship that they either prioritize the needs of their partner or they prioritize their own needs and they neglect their partner. And so I think understanding about, you know, how to have that balance between prioritizing your needs, but also giving into the relationship or when you're leaving the relationship, understanding that your identity is not that person and Mm -hmm. releasing any shame about why the relationship ended because whether it's an affair whether it's going your separate ways or just not being a match anymore or even you know domestic violence or anything like that it's so it's so easy for us to blame ourselves and to feel shame around it not want to talk about it not want to release that trauma and then move forward and holding Mm -hmm. on to it like you know we were bad or we were not good enough or we were unworthy Mm -hmm. but knowing that that is not true Mm -hmm. and and letting that go and doing that work with a coach or or uh, somebody that specializes in this is really good so I've made a note of that book and I'll, I'll link it in the podcast description as well yeah it's a great book so when it comes to career transitions Let's talk about that for a minute. When women are making big career transitions, and let's say there's either switching industries or switching roles, what are some of the things that typically hold women back or are their biggest (laughs) hindrance to their future success in in their new career? Okay, well, if you're a man listening to this, uh, bear with me here for a moment. But, you know, men have this tendency to believe they can do anything. And so even if they are not qualified for the role, they're like, oh, yeah, I can I can totally, uh, you know, apply for that job. And women undersell themselves and undervalue. And so they could be completely fit for a role and find every reason why they're not qualified. And so it's just you know, something that we've been conditioned as women to do. Unfortunately, I think that does need to change and shift. And I think that the new generation is doing that, which is amazing, but we've got a long way to go. So a lot of women 
they will, you know, take a look at, you know, um, okay, this job has these certain qualifications and this is what I need. Well, I don't have that. And so what I have done with my clients is usually I get them to do this. Um, it's kind of a silly exercise, but it actually really works. But it's like to really identify their superpowers. They actually send emails to friends of theirs and their friends send them back a list of three of their superpowers. And it's amazing for them to actually get that feedback because they're getting it from people who they're in relationship with and they are able to see what they can offer. And so I say when you're getting ready for um, an interview or to, you know, position yourself for something, it's like, okay, take a look at what that job description is and say, what could I bring to the table here? What is my superpower? And if my superpower is, you know, doing this, then talk about it in context of that job description and say, hey, listen, you know, your company needs this and I am really, really good at that. So instead of looking at what you feel like you're at a deficit for, find your superpowers and actually work from that place. That is so true because I think that even when you're, especially when you're changing industries, you may think that you're not qualified for a role because you don't tick every box on their description of qualifications or prerequisites. So then you hold yourself back for not actually applying. But if you dig into the wording of their job description or what it is, you could definitely pull out things in your oh, yeah. expertise that are relevant to that role, even though it might not be a direct correlation there are so many skills that we underestimate the value of. And right now it's definitely an employee's market. I know a lot of companies are hiring, there's exponential growth in all areas. So encouraging people to really, especially women to really get out there and apply for the thing that they don't feel like they're yeah. qualified for because they're, they don't know that if there's anybody qualified at all, that's even applying. Another thing that I know women particularly, because this is a money podcast, women just don't ask for enough money. And oh, no. <laughs> we, we just don't. And, and no. it's one of those things where, you know, if we get an offer, we just are so excited about the offer that we just accept, even mm. though it might be lower than what we want. And men are traditionally just so much better at negotiating higher salaries and knowing their financial worth when it comes to a job. If they're, let's say they're on a hundred thousand and their new job offers them a hundred and five, but they want to mm -hmm. be on one twenty, they'll ask for one twenty. Right. And nine times out of ten, they'll probably get it or they'll get somewhere in between the one oh five and the one twenty. Whereas mm -hmm. women will will have fear around asking for more money, even though they know they deserve it, or even though they know that that's what they need in order to live a comfortable life and be satisfied with their role. So what happens is, is they accept the role, they don't make as much. And then, you know, when their salary increase or when their pay raise happens, they also aren't getting the same increase that they should be. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, out of the three companies that I've worked for in finance, every single one of them, I negotiated a higher salary than what they offered me just because I asked because mm -hmm. if you're a good quality candidate and they want you, the difference of paying you five or $10,000 more than what they originally offered is negligible if you're going to stay with them for four or five years. And if you bring experience to the table that they maybe didn't have. So that's one thing that I know women 
need more confidence in is really asking for that, for that extra, um, salary increase. And there's even more, like I was talking to this friend yesterday about salary. That was one of the things that kind of came up and, you know, um, for women and then also for women of color, it's even lower. Right. So Mm. then it's like, it almost kind of goes in these tiers. And so it's, if you have any kind of block around what you believe that you can make, then it's going to be hard for you to go in and negotiate something. Um, or to, if you're, you know, an entrepreneur and you are charging a certain amount, it's going to be hard for you to charge, you know, what, what you want to charge if you don't believe that you can make that amount. And so really it is getting to the heart of, okay, well, what is the old story? What's the narrative? I mean, I know you, you probably talk about a lot of that when you're doing money coaching, but you know, really it is, it makes a huge difference when women are trying to get a job. If they have learned to move past that money block, then they can assert themselves and ask for more. Yeah, totally. And I think one of the biggest money blocks is feeling undeserving and feeling underqualified, feeling undereducated. And that's just totally not the case. I mean, women add so much to the workforce. Mm -hmm. They have very different skills to men. And especially in industries, like I mentioned before, in finance and engineering, in tech, there's a need for women in these industries. And a lot of employers want more women. So if you are applying for jobs or you are looking to get into a different industry, I highly recommend looking at those industries because the support, not only for high paying salaries, but also for the educational you know, increases so that they can pay for you to do any upskilling and things like that. There's so many benefits uh, to to thinking outside the box and and looking at those changes. And, and what you mentioned before about looking looking at the blockers. Can we talk about because I know I I've had this myself personally when it comes to charging fees. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's let's shine some light on that for a mm-hmm. moment and what is some of the the biggest blockers that people deal with when it comes to charging fees for service if you are Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur or self-employed yeah well a lot of that does stem back to what your money story is or what you feel like you deserve maybe what happened in your past um you know even for me when i look back at my first two careers i only made a certain amount of money so i had a story around the fact that that was how much I would ever make. And because even at that, I would try to negotiate for a higher amount, but it would never happen. And I, there was a lot of conversations around um, my salary when I was employed in those different places, and I still would not get what I wanted. And so my belief became attached to this number. And okay, well, they said that I only deserve this. So it became a subconscious story that I would rehearse. And so whenever it came to charging, even within my own business, I didn't realize that I was coming up against the block because I had made an agreement essentially saying, well, I guess I'm only worth this much money and I would never go above that amount. And so it's really rooting out, well, where's the, you know, where did it originate? How can you reframe it? How can you really shift that mindset so that you can push past that block? And a lot of times, 
you know, it, it really is something that's happened in your past or maybe something you were taught by your parents or, um, you know, society. It, it all really depends on the person. And that's why it's really important to actually work with a coach on that so that you can identify it and push past it. Because here's the thing, you can hire a coach and say you spent like $2,000, $3,000 on a coach. And then over a course of five years, you make like, I don't know, say 40000 more every year than what you could have made and you only spent $3,000 on the coach. And so when you really think about it, yes, you're putting out the investment at the beginning, but the ROI on that is you're making how much more money per year. So it's it, it's really like, okay, of course I want to do that. I want to figure out what my blocks are so that I can position myself to constantly keep moving and have that momentum. Yeah, I love that. Return on investment is so important when it comes to looking at personal development because a lot of people do have blockers about investing in a coach or investing in a mastermind because they see the dollar amount and they don't understand the benefit, the cost benefit. How is this $3,000 program going to translate into me making more money or having a better relationship with myself or having a better relationship with my family or my coworkers, whatever it is, they can't connect the two. And I think you touched on a really important point there that if we have these blockers that are ingrained in our subconscious from events that have happened to us in the past, and that's holding us back in our career for not asking for more, for not going for that promotion, for not changing careers or whatever else, we could be restricting our earning capacity by significant amounts just by telling ourselves that we're not worth more. Yeah. And, and this, or that we look on LinkedIn and our same job is going for what we're making. So we never challenge it and we never mm-hmm. think, oh, I could go for 15, 20% more than what LinkedIn says or that some job post says. Because if we, and coming back to what you mentioned at the beginning about, knowing what it is that we bring to the table so that we bring those skills or attributes into every role in our life. What is our unique value proposition for us as a person that we add to that role? And then how do we demonstrate that in the interview to get the salary that we want? Yeah. And keep moving up and keep moving forward. Totally. Yeah. And that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's an energetic exchange too, right? So when you're thinking about, you know, being in an interview or having a conversation with somebody, I mean, you could be in a, in a place where it's like, you could go in and you feel the energetic exchange is like, okay, they're never going to let me move up the ladder here. And you know, and you walk away on your own terms, or you could go into uh, an interview with someone and say, you know what? Oh, I feel so good about this. I showed up as the best version of myself. They saw me and love me. I had a great energetic exchange with them. And you're positioning yourself to continue to move forward. And so it's it really is important for you to have the autonomy to be able to say, is this for me or not? Because at the end of the day, so many women are going to be like, okay, well, this was the offer I got. This was the job. But it's like, is it the job you want? Is it the offer you want? And you get to decide. 
because maybe then it's multiple offers and multiple jobs. And it's like, wow, I get a pick of all of these things. And I don't have to just, you know, settle with one thing that's mediocre. Right. And, and also keeping your options open. That's a really important point too. So Mm -hmm. for example, let's say you were an interior designer and you had a job offer on the table. You could be looking at many different interior design jobs and comparing and weighing out which one is going to be your best option. And it could, it could be other things like, you know, benefits or work from home capabilities or bring your dog to the office or vacation, vacation, you know, Mm -hmm. or the autonomy to make your own decisions versus being in a rigid workplace where you might be making $5,000 more, but you have to answer to all these people and you don't like who you're working with or your (laughs) office is in a weird location or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that is, is totally valid. And I think just in terms of careers and career changes, I know that we, as women often underestimate what we can earn because we've historically made less than men. Yeah. And working with a female coach, I think can really support you in that transition and really help you unlock what your potential is and remove some of these boundaries around money because maybe money wasn't talked about as a child, or maybe your mother didn't work. So you never experienced witnessing, you know, a a woman in the workforce until you were much older or into your own career yourself. And it's almost like having a third party unbiased mentorship from somebody who comes at your situation with a different lens. Yeah. And I think that that is super powerful for women who are in transition or are in a point in their life where they need to make a decision about what they do next. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think also like, you know, um, as you said, like so many of us really, um, as coaches have to do the work as well. Right. So if you're hiring someone who is coaching you, that is like an amazing coach, then he or she has done the work and knows what the potential blocks are. And that is really actually going to help you to identify yours and move forward. Yeah. And I think that that's totally uh, a great way of looking at it as well, because a lot of people don't understand that the reason, a a large part of the reason that coaches become coaches is because they have overcome their own personal transformation in their particular area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't be passionate about doing what they do and focusing on their particular niche. And in my case, it's helping women and helping couples have better conversations about money, have better understanding about their financial decision making, because I myself have been through a very traumatic money experience with a relationship that crumbled. So, mm-hmm. you know, looking at who you are engaging as a coach and engaging them based on who you resonate with and based on their story and interviewing a couple different coaches until you find one that you really click with, I think is, is also a a word of advice. If you are listening to this and wanting to engage a coach, uh, that's definitely something that I know that I did before I got into my first mastermind and, and into my second as well. So just before we wrap up here, because I think this has been such a powerful interview, what would be 
one or two suggestions for our listeners who have never worked with a coach before, who are maybe a little unsure of what to do next or how to approach their own situation? Mm -hmm. Well, here's the beauty of coaching. So many coaches offer uh, free calls. And, you know, of course, a coach is likely going to try and sell you on the call. <laughs> That's just a normal part of the, the process. Um, and there is power in the transaction. Okay. And so when you feel like you resonate with someone in particular, then you will probably decide, okay, yeah, I, I do want to move forward with that person. But my, my advice would be is to take a look around. Like, for example, if you are looking for a coach that is, you know, specializing in transitions or career or something specifically, then you definitely want to get a few of them and then book a call with them and see like, how did you feel in the conversation? Did you feel heard? Did you feel seen? And you know, going in, they're likely going to pitch you and just know that that's going to happen. But you get to decide, you know, okay, I'm going to think about it or I'm going to decide on a coach. Um, don't let the number scare you. I think that is the biggest thing. I think some people think, okay, well, you know, I don't want to invest that much money in myself. But here's the thing. We could drop like, you know, anywhere between $1,500 to $2,000 to get our car fixed, you know. And, and so when you think about coaching and how much that is going to impact your life for the long term, then I would say just, you know, be aware that you are going to have to invest, that it is going to um, be a sacrifice. And oftentimes when you are talking to a coach, they will help you to go, okay, well, maybe I can't afford it with my current budget, but that coach can actually help you to find where could that money come from so that you could make that investment. And that is also part of the growth so that you see that you have that control and power in your own life to generate income and to generate money and to have that exchange. And I think all of those things are going to be key players in, in finding the right coach. And I would imagine once you get one coach, you're probably going to get another one and another one and another one because you're going to love it so much that you're going to be like, okay, I want a coach for every area of my life. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And it's really about that discovery coming back mm -hmm. to what you said at the very start of the interview is, is discovery and investment in yourself because we waste so much money on things that we can oh. easily justify material things, alcohol, eating out, and, and we don't even bat an eye to it. But for yeah. some reason, when we look at our own personal development and growth, we have these blockers around the investment. And I was the same when I got introduced to coaching probably three years ago, I was kicking and screaming and dragging my heels in the mud when I went to my first personal development conference. And within the first like two hours, I had my whole mind changed. So I think it's one of those things that if you are feeling a little bit stuck or if you are feeling stagnant or like you don't know what your purpose is and you don't know what your next move is or you're feeling unfulfilled in your career or your life or your relationship 
or like you've lost your sense of self. I mean, the list goes on. But mm-hmm. if any of those words just resonated with you, it's probably time to seek out a coach. And it's very different than therapy. I know mm-hmm. myself personally, I have a therapist that I've been going to every single week for the last four years. And yeah. we do completely different discussions than the types of things that I do with my coaches, with my business mentors. It's, you know, one is about understanding how your brain works and about some of the emotional sides of what you do, which coaches do as well. But the other one really unlocks your future and unlocks your potential and what you're capable of doing. And I think that's sort of the difference that I see. So Mm -hmm. that was such an amazing interview. I cannot wait to re-listen to this. I'm definitely going to be sending this to all my female friends and make sure that they listen to this and male friends as well. But Uh, Just in closing, I just want to say that from a fellow podcaster, I am really encouraging everybody to go and check out Andrea's podcast, The Courage Cast. Have a look at her book as well, Designed with Purpose, and reach out to her on Instagram. She does these amazing IGTV interviews that are short, easy to listen to. She's got some amazing guests on there. Her Instagram, again, is Andrea Crisp Coach, will also be linked in the description. And just in closing, Andrea, I'm so grateful to have you on the show today from an experienced coach to hear about some of the things that you really support your clients with was a learning experience for me as a new coach. And I just feel like there was every time you were talking, I was getting excited. I could like feel the (laughs) hair on my arms going up because I was just like, oh, that's so powerful. So I really am appreciative of you being on the call today. And I look forward to continuing our professional relationship in the future. Thank you. And I just wanted to add one more quick thing because you brought up therapy. Um, You know, if you are needing therapy, and sometimes that is something that we do need to do before coaching, I would highly suggest to, you know, invest in that. Uh, as you said, Sandra, it is very different. And oftentimes I'll have, you know, potential clients come to me and that's what I'll tell them. I'm like, I, I think you need to go to therapy first mm-hmm. and just really, you know, work through some healing modalities and then come back and let's take a look at your future. Doesn't mean that you're not ready to move forward. In fact, you are doing the work to move forward. It just means you're doing it in a different way that's bringing healing to your body, soul, spirit. And then that way you can take a look at what your future vision is and move towards it. So I appreciate hanging out with you, being with you and your whole audience. I'd love to connect with anybody who wants to connect with me. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much. All right. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey. 